Our scripture reading for this morning comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Word of God for us this morning. You know, in video games, it's so easy to change points of views. Literally, you hit one button, and it changes your view. Don't you wish sometimes it was that easy in life? If you could just press a button and be in the other person's shoes... And look at it from their lens and look at it from their experience and look at it from what they've been through. I mean, think about how much our relationships would improve if we could just for a moment switch places and see it from their view. And then if there was another button that allowed us then to switch and look at it from God's view. I mean, that would be pretty neat to me. I mean, it might be overwhelming to know everything that God knows about a person. And I wonder if we would still love them if we knew everything about them. But God does. You see, point of view matters. The way we look at things and the way we tell a story is greatly influenced by our point of view. Most of us have experienced point of view the most in literature, First person, second person, third person point of view, and then God's favorite, third person omniscient, because God knows everything. But think about the difference in the story when you tell it from each one of those different points of views. The story changes depending on who is telling the story and where they're standing as they tell the story. Point of view, the, the words for point of view in the Latin literally means where your eyes are pointed. It means where you're looking, and so you can only tell the story from the point of view that you have in many times, because that's the only place that you can stand at. But what if we told the story from the point of view of God? How different would the story be? In real life, changing points of views is very difficult because we often see the things the way we see them 
And it's hard for us to even understand how somebody else could see it from a different point of view. Oftentimes, we'll simply say things like, I just can't understand them. I just don't get it. And that's just a reflection of the fact that it's hard for us to get into somebody else's shoes. That we might have sympathy, but having true empathy is difficult. Because we... We have our own experiences and our own ways of looking at things. Paul recognizes that at one time, Jesus was viewed from a human point of view. He understands that when people thought about Jesus, they thought about the son of the carpenter. When they talked about Jesus, they talked about that healer that was traveling all over the place. When they talked about Jesus, they talked about the guy with the 12 disciples that used to go fishing. He knew that people regarded Jesus from this limited human understanding. And Paul basically says, that's all good and well, but if that's the only Jesus you know, you're missing a lot of who Jesus is. Several years back, there was a push in theological circles, to rediscover the historical Jesus. Some of you might have been familiar with this. There was a lot of research and a lot of effort put into, you know, identifying the places where he traveled and things outside of Scripture that pointed to the existence of a man called Jesus that walked the earth 2,000 years ago. And there was all this done to, to show the historical authenticity of Jesus. And people literally, you know, wrote a ton of stuff about the historical Jesus. The only flaw with this approach was that in looking for the historical Jesus, Jesus was regarded from a human point of view, and in making him so relatable to people, we lost the mystery of the word made flesh that dwelt among us. And people could see Jesus as their friend, but they no longer could see the full divinity of God in the flesh. Knowing Jesus has to involve not just seeking the man Jesus, but knowing the God Jesus that came to save us from our sins. So point of view, Paul says, matters. Paul says when we come to know Jesus, we no longer view things from this human point of view. We have to be able to see things from the point of view of Christ because we need to be made a new creation. And when I thought about point of view and how we see things, immediately my glasses came into view. <laughs> because without these, I have a hard time reading. And when I've forgotten them and don't have them with me, you'll see me kind of holding stuff far and near, trying to get focus, and I just can't. There's something that keeps me from doing that in my physical sight because I have problems seeing up close. And so no matter how hard I try, I just can't bring them into focus. And I think what Paul was saying is when we look at things from a human point of view, and we don't look at them from a Christ-centered point of view, we only get a blurry picture of what God really wants us to see. 
We don't get the full picture. We don't get everything that God wants to reveal to us. And he says, if you come to Christ, you got to let him transform your vision and give you spiritual eyes so that you can see things you couldn't see before. You've got to be able to change your point of view to be able to see things from God's point of view. And this, of course, is easier said than done. Because when we think about things and when we look at somebody, we immediately look at what they're wearing. We look at their shoes and their jewelry and their profession and their hair and their accent. We look at everything on the outside and we immediately do that prejudging that we always do. Even unconsciously we do it. But have you ever done that and then met the person and just felt terrible because you judged them completely wrong. Because you looked at the outside and didn't know the inside, and you already thought you knew the inside. And then discovered that given the opportunity to meet them, they were different than what you expected. I think in many ways, Paul is inviting us to really to get to know people at the core of who they are, to get to know their their hurts, their joys, to understand them and to invite them to a life with Christ. But how ambitious it sounds that we could see things from God's point of view and through Christ's eyes. That sounds really hard to me, right? I don't know about to you, but it seems hard to me because we always look at it through our own lens. But the word reconciliation here is useful to me because it talks about the fact that this is only possible because God has brought us together with himself and the work of opening our point of view to see things from God's point of view is not our doing. It is the doing and the work of the Holy Spirit working through us to help us to see things that we weren't seeing before. Now, when we talk about reconciliation, we often talk about accounts, you know, making two accounts match, reconcile, bring them together, right? Make sure the left side matches the right side. But when we talk about reconciliation, in terms of relationship, we're talking about bridging the gap that separates us into two sides. We're talking about bringing together and God reconciled the world unto himself through Jesus Christ. He was the one that made it possible for us to come together with God. And the only way he could do that was by not counting our trespasses against us. Because let's face it, if God had looked at our sin, we would have never been reconciled. It is only because he loved us beyond our sin to the point that he was willing to come in the form of Jesus Christ to forgive that sin that we were actually reconciled to God. When we do reconciliation, we don't often do it like God. We say things like, I'll forgive you, but I won't forget. We say things, 
I'll forgive you, but I'll never trust you again. What is it? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Won't fool me past that. You know? We have that way of dealing with reconciliation. We say, sure, we'll forgive you, but I'm going to keep you at an arm's length. But what did God do in Jesus Christ? He reconciled us to himself, not counting our trespasses, and then went a step further than that by trusting us with the ministry of reconciliation. He trusted us after we were found sinners. After we were found to be frail. After we were found to be imperfect in our flesh. He redeemed us, forgave us, and trusted us with the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is all about bringing people together with God through Christ who has already made his appeal to us through the cross. When Jesus went to that cross, he went to that cross for all of us. He came from God as God to give himself for our sins. And then he called us to be in the ministry of reconciliation. And if you look earlier in this chapter, there's a really great illustration. It says that he has placed this treasure in clay jars. That's us. So that his power by me glorified in us through the sharing of the gospel. And what does that mean? When you have a treasure, what do you do with it? You store it away. You put it in a safety deposit box. You lock it up in a steel box so that nobody can get to it. But what happens when the ministry of the gospel is placed in clay jars that are fragile and can break? When we humble ourselves before God and are broken the gospel spills out onto the world. And people see Christ in us. You know, they don't see it when you're trying to pretend like you're all tough and you got everything figured out and you never have any issues. They see it when you're humble enough to recognize that God has forgiven your sins and that you struggle with the same stuff everybody else struggles with. And then the gospel of Christ goes out to those who haven't heard it. So we are in the ministry of reconciliation, of bringing people together with God through Christ. But we are not salespeople. We are said to be ambassadors for Christ. Now you know what an ambassador is. An official person from one government residing in the country of the other with the purpose of what? Representing their country in negotiations and political dealings to bring about good relationships between the two. So you have the ambassador there, and they're supposed to be in an official capacity speaking for the other. 
Now, what's interesting about ambassadors is that often they're sent from the country that offended the other to make peace. So if, if our country did something to another country, we send an ambassador over there to smooth it over, to get things back right. So the one that offended sends the ambassador to the offended. And oftentimes, the negotiations include some kind of reparation, some kind of conciliation so that everything can get back together. But when we are told in Scripture that we are to be ambassadors for Christ, it changes things because we are the offenders, yet we are sent into the world that offended, that did wrong, that is sinful, to invite them to Christ. We are ambassadors into the world to let them know that in Christ we can come back in the relationship with God. Jesus came who knew no sin to be made our sin and to give us his righteousness. That's just crazy talk. That he would become sin for us when we were the ones that were in the wrong and we really didn't deserve it. But God loved us that much. Now, we have a hard time going to somebody who offended us and asking them for forgiveness, don't we? We get into our self-righteous box and go, no, they did me wrong. They need to come to me. Have you ever thought what it would be like if God took that kind of approach with us? We would have never been reconciled to God because we definitely don't deserve it. Nobody could ever make it back to the Father because we definitely cannot repay the debt of our sin. But in Jesus Christ, we were given the example for us to follow. Take on a Christ-centered point of view and look at each person as somebody that God wants to redeem and then just bring them to Jesus. And he'll make them a new creation in Christ. Now, when I thought about this, I thought about all of the times that you see those shows where, where they got like a piece of wood and they bring it to an artisan and the artisan takes that big block of wood or, or whatever and they make something beautiful out of it. And it didn't look like anything when it started. Just a block of wood. And by the time it's it's done, it's a beautiful piece of art or a furniture or something. What Paul was saying is you're ambassadors of Christ. You're out there getting the raw material, but it is Christ that makes them a new creation, and it is he who transforms them and gives them life. And so just go out there and share the good news Allow yourselves to reconcile people to God by letting them know that their sins can be forgiven and that they can have a new life in Christ. And share in the ministry of reconciliation so that God can transform and make new. And he will if we're out there doing what we're supposed to.
It is God who gives us a new heart and a new perspective and a new life. But it requires us to be obedient and to live on foreign territory to be ambassadors for him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the challenge of being ambassadors for you, of going out and sharing the good news and of being willing to tell people that there is grace and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. We ask you, O oh Lord, that you will continue to give us the opportunities that we need to be able to tell others about you, that we will not judge or prejudge people when we meet them, but that we will simply tell them about the great love of Jesus Christ and allow you, O Lord, to work in their hearts and in their lives. We ask, O Lord, simply that you will continue to send us out into the world as ambassadors for you. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.